this video, while people stream in and come in, um, this video is about money. It's about establishing a mindset. It's also about what are some of the habits that people who make a lot of money have. And hopefully in this video, in this live stream, you can learn something about that. Disclaimer, I am not giving anybody financial advice. If you wanna get financial advice, if you're having financial issues, you should seek a financial professional. I only can speak from my experience and I can kinda of work through what my mindset is in regards to money. And I know that I don't know everything, so I lean on people who know more than me. So, this is an OG episode of the podcast. This has been a long journey thus far with the podcast. I have been podcasting since February 2021, so the birthday of the podcast is actually going to be coming up soon. Yep. Give myself a coin for that. So, we're going to get right into the scheduled programming here soon, okay? So, I'm going to go and I actually have a reaction that I wanted to do from some people that I really respect. And if you guys are familiar with a little show on Netflix called Selling Sunset, you'll understand and you'll know who this guest is. He goes without even stating, but I'm going to do it anyway. I want to do a reaction to a conversation that Jason Oppenheim I'll put them on here. Had on the Ice Coffee Hour, which is a show that Graham Stephan produces and runs here on YouTube. I thought some of the things that Jason Oppenheim had to say were very insightful. So I think they're worth revisiting. And we're going to talk about this and react to parts of this conversation. And then we're going to go from there. I also have some articles for you guys in regards to mindset, things that you can do, some tips, some action steps that you can take after this episode and hopefully implement into your life to earn more money, to figure out a way to get more financially well and whole. And I'm not a finished product. I'm still trying to learn these things as well. So I constantly am trying to gain something from people who know more than me. Jason Oppenheim, I think he has a net worth of over 50 million. He is uh, owner, operator of the Oppen Oppenheim Group with his brother. Brett Oppenheim, very successful. Show Brett here as well. Those are the two brothers there together. Very successful men. And this is a picture of them with their staff there, Selling Sunset. So that's a little bit of background on who we're going to be talking about today, at least in the first part. Jason Oppenheim, here is a snippet of the conversation that he had with Graham Stephan on the Ice Coffee Hour. I'm going to put in the description uh, the link to that channel. You could check it out if you haven't already. Support the original content creator. And we're going to get right into the content here. If you're just coming in, hit the like button. Support the channel. I appreciate you for watching. 
And let's get right into the content and what they had to say during this interview, what Jason had to say during this interview. Make sure I'm lined up here. I'm building it while I fly it, guys. I'm building it while I fly it. All right, here we go. Let's see. Okay, that looks good. All right. Burnout is a real thing, and creative inspiration doesn't have to be so taxing. And you know I hate taxes. So learn more about how you can take your editing to the next level by visiting storyblocks.com slash ICH. That's storyblocks.com slash ICH. Thank you so much for sponsoring this. Uh, I'll get it right, Alex. Thank you so much, Storyblocks. Thank you, Storyblocks. I, I look <laughs> much smarter now. You know, I I delegate a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, back Let's then, get the question that he actually said. Next thing. All right. Back to the podcast. Do you find that that goes away after a certain age? Or like, is it a dollar amount or is it an age where you start to want to like not work so hard? You know, I think, I think I, I when is enough enough smarter now, you know, I, I delegate a lot more. Mm -hmm. um, back then I wasn't comfortable spending any money on an assistant. Now I delegate a, a lot. So I'm a much smarter worker. You know, I, I focus on the more high level things, but back then, and I think that's where you learn. I was just doing every little thing myself. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I was, I still am, but just overly meticulous and, and OCD about everything. Everything mm -hmm. had to be perfect. Yeah, so yeah I would reread. I didn't. Ha I didn't probably have a single spelling mistake in a single email for like the first four years <laughs> of my career, maybe five. Now, I mean, you'll be lucky if I capitalize anything. Wow. Yeah. So, what did we take away there? What can we learn from that? He said he was initially, of course. Everybody says you need to work hard. That's obvious. That's a habit that everybody that's successful for the most part has. But he also said one thing that really helped him to be more successful is he learned how to delegate. He learned how to let somebody else help him and to put somebody in a position to be successful to ultimately help him grow a successful real estate business. If you if you haven't watched Selling Sunset, if you're not familiar with the Oppenheim Group, they're real they're a real estate brokerage, and they sell they sell manage have multiple properties, and I'm talking about hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. So, a key to what he's doing is delegating. So he doesn't have everything on his plate and that's actually allowed him to bloom. So that's the first key, a habit that you can um, use in your endeavors in the future to know when to get help. All right, so let's continue. I kind of yeah. see a little bit of, of parallels between oh, yeah. the work ethic between you two. And I could see why you guys got along and why you hired Graham. Yeah, we were super similar. You know, I mean, you yeah. you are still grinding it stuff too, but we were probably the two hardest workers in the office. I would yeah. say. Yeah, I would always stay in the latest. I would, you, and usually for for those first few years, I wouldn't leave until usually like one a.m. I love. That's crazy. I That's love nuts. Late. That was my thing. Yeah. It was just it was so yeah, peaceful. Oftentimes, it would just after, be like, the two of yeah, us in the office. Yeah. But like after nine p.m., it's just something about it where there's no one else there. There's no traffic in front of the in front of the office, and it's just peaceful. And like you could get anything done, and there's not a rush. I really like that. And I also like in real estate that you can work 15 hours a day. I mean, yeah. there's always I mean, 15 the hours in a day. They're talking about working 15 hours in a day. And mind you, these guys make a lot of money. 
this was at a time when they weren't making the amount of money that they are making now, but that is a habit that somebody that is extremely successful has. I talked about this in a previous live stream, in a previous show. People who are very successful and make a lot of money, they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily driven by the money, by making money. They're actually driven by the work. They actually are dri driven by accomplishing things. And when you are like that and you have that type of mindset, working takes on a whole different thing. You actually take pride in what you're doing because you know and you can see the bigger purpose and the bigger vision behind the work. So that's one thing that I think I have and it's kind of innately in me where don't get me wrong, I am not successful like these guys. I'm not gonna even claim to be, but I will say I have a work ethic and a drive to do good things and to, if I do something, I wanna do it to the best of my ability. And I'm constantly trying to figure out how to get better. One of those endeavors is this YouTube channel. And when I was first starting out, I didn't really understand everything about YouTube. I didn't know about editing. I didn't know about audio. I didn't know how to uh, properly um, put the channel together about uh, proper storylines and a lot of different things. I'm still trying to figure all that out. I still am trying to figure out my cadence when it comes to organizing content, doing titles, thumbnails, the whole shebang. However, my work ethic, I will say I will put that up against anybody's. I will continue to try to get better and I'll do something each and every day to get to a goal that I'm after. That's just kind of the mentality that I have. And that's one thing that I appreciate and that I've learned from watching people like this. Check out that sweater too, the Prada sweater. That's nice, a little off-white. I see you, Jason. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's see here. Oh, we got a comment from Linda. Hey, bro, how are y'all doing watching live? Handsome guy. Thank you, Linda. Blessings to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk about some more money. Let's see here. Oh, I kind of lost my bearings. I might have to get a second monitor to be able to, to do this a little bit easier. I'm dealing with three windows right now, but build it while you fly. Here we go. I don't have any, I don't think I did a deal for the, almost the first year. Mm. I think my, I started in January of 2010. I think my first deal was October of 2010. Mm. So, I mean, you know, 10 months of studying street maps and I remember I would print out every single contract uh, there was and just read it and highlight it and memorize every single contract. So if a client ever asked me a question, I had the answer. Yeah. I mean, it was very tedious, menial. Right. You know, and then going to every open house and broker open, trying to, trying to learn about you know, what a house is worth and you know, finishes, fixtures, I mean, the whole thing. There's yeah. so much to learn. That's why I love real estate. What was the most challenging part of that? Mm. Was it the contracts or was it the no, negotiations? No, that stuff or, was yeah. always super. I was getting clients. I mean, for me... Hmm. I, as an attorney and just someone whose whose mind you know enjoys I didn't even know that before. This guy was an attorney before he ever got into real estate. Detail. So for me, it was, it was. You know how difficult it is to go to law school. Do you know how difficult it is to figure that out? 
just being able to do that and get a law degree is something that a lot of people couldn't ever do. So I'm not surprised that this guy is successful when it comes to real estate because he has that discipline. He has that work ethic. He has that ability to um, deal with delayed gratification. And I think that's a skill that's that's rare that a lot of people don't possess. And if you can have delayed gratification and not constantly need to get validated by, validated by other people, you can do well because life is going to throw at you what I've realized. A lot of curveballs. You're not going to get validated immediately on something that's worth having. Anything that's worth having, you're not going to get instant gratification from it. That's why it's difficult. That's why when you succeed at something that you've worked so hard for, you appreciate it. Because if it was easy for you to obtain and get, you wouldn't value it as much. All right, let's continue. It was the clients that was the, probably the hardest thing. And did you ever set any goals when you first started your own business? Like, oh, I know I'm successful when I hit oh, yeah. X dollar. <laughs> oh, I remember. It's funny because I'm when I was in Vegas with the with the guy who I set my goal with, and we wanted to make ten thousand dollars a month. Ten thousand a month. Our ultimate goal. Remember that we amount. Figured if we could be making ten thousand dollars a month, then we're living the high life, and you know we could do whatever we want, which is amusing because I mean, <laughs> the more you make, the more you know you need, and the more you yeah. get tied down. And my costs right now are insane um but that was the goal the goal was ten thousand dollars a month ten thousand dollars a month seven hundred thousand a year four years in did you save that were you investing it or what were you doing with that money? holy my first house so hold on he made seven hundred he made seven hundred thousand dollars in a year fourth year in wow and his goal was ten thousand dollars a month initially look at that rewind that back so when you made that $700,000 a year, four years in, did you <laughs> save that? Were you investing it or what were you doing with that money? Well, I was saving to buy a, my first house. Okay. So I think in two, yeah, in 2013, I bought my first house for like 1.3 million. Yeah, <laughs> first house, 1.3 million. Buy, by the way. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it was, it's essentially, it's a triplex, basically. Well, then I uh, spent. Okay. So that's what I wanted to do as far as with that uh, information there. I think we got enough as far as with that interview. And I think that interview is important and something that, hold on, let me get myself back up here. Here we go. I think that that interview was important. I think it's something that a lot of people don't realize is the people who are very successful, they have certain traits. He talked about being able to delegate, He's, he also talked about like working 15 hours like it was nothing. Like, yeah, like I was working 15 hours and it didn't feel like work to him. So a, a lot of people just see the glitz and the glamour behind people who make money. But a lot of the traits of people who are successful, it's not about the money necessarily for them. It's about accomplishing things. It's about... Um, using that energy that they have, using that uh, drive to want to be a successful person, that mind that never turns off and putting it towards something that they can direct their energy towards. That's what I've noticed, at least. 
So that's that. I thought that was an interesting conversation. Again, check out the Ice Coffee Hour. I'm going to link it in the description to this live stream. Very fascinating conversation. They always have great guests. I learned so much from there. That's one of the things that I do as a habit to constantly evolve, constantly learn, because I know I don't have all the answers. Like I've said before, I've learned so much from Graham Stephan and Jason Oppenheim just from that interview. But you, you guys already know how I feel about J uh, Graham Stephan. He's part of the reason why I started a YouTube channel in the first place, because short little story here. During the pandemic, when we were all locked in, I got tired of watching Netflix. I got tired of watching movies. I got tired of seeing the same old reality TV shows. So I went on a YouTube one day and I saw Graham Stephan at his uh, table and, and he had a cool little set. You know, it seemed like, you know, kind of lay back a bit. And he also had a T-Rex head on the side of his desk. And I was like, oh, that seems kind of cool. But then I started seeing his content. And the thing that Graham Stephan did that a lot of people that I've seen on YouTube that I, something that Graham Stephan did that a lot of people that I see on YouTube and online don't do, or it just didn't connect with me is he keeps the, conf the information relatable he delivers it in a way that's concise and clear, and it's done in segments that are like 18 to 15 minutes long. So I would binge his content, especially like the reactions when he would be re reacting to how much money other people had, how much they're spending on their rent, stuff like that. I've always been fascinated with that type of content for some reason, because I like the numbers. I like to figure out how much does it cost to live there? How are other people living compared to how I'm living? And I'm not necessarily comparing myself to other people, but I'm just learning through their lived experiences. I will say people who are in New York and they're paying like $7,000, $8,000 a month in rent, bruh, craziness. I don't think I could ever do that, no matter how much money I make. I don't think I could ever pay $7,000, $8,000 for rent. And then in that interview that we were just watching, Jason Oppenheim said he has a tenant in one of his rental properties paying $60,000 a month. Jason Oppenheim has one of his rental properties where one of his ten tenants is paying $60,000 a month. And it's nothing to them. So my question and what I thought when I heard that was, what can I do to make $60,000 a month? Does that make, <laughs> like that's crazy. But that's the mindset. Like some people have a mindset where they can do that and, it, and it's nothing to them. Isn't that crazy? Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Super Terrestrial. So you definitely did your research smart. You're awesome at this for real. I appreciate you. Thank you. Some other comments we have. Bob Love, you know you have 1.3 mil for your house. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> appreciate it. All right, let's see here. I wish. <laughs> so I have some more content here. I like to keep my live streams and my content concise and clear. So 
I also wanted to give you guys some actionable things you can do, as I promised, that you could do to be more financially healthy and well in this upcoming season, this upcoming year. I, like I'll say before, I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm just giving you some information that you could take at your own um, volition. And I'll say this, if you are in financial peril, if you have financial issues, please seek a financial professional, okay? I am learning with you guys. I find this information helpful, so I hope I can help at least one person out there, okay? So the next article that I wanted to bring up here has to do with five tips to improve your financial wellness in 2022, and this is from thestreet.com. I thought this was a good article, so let's go to it. So right here, let me get my big head off the screen, and it states here, Five tips to improve your financial wellness in 2022. First tip, automating everything saves your time and headaches. Make sure that you don't miss any payments so you don't ding that credit report. Yep, we all know about that. Traditionally, you would have to try to time the market, log into your account, manually deposit money. Oh, they're talking about for stocks. Oh, I'll also add with it, automation for bills is good too, so you don't miss a payment. But for the stock market, yes. I, I personally do this. I use Vanguard. Graham Stephan raves about it. Grant, um, Vanguard is a free option for anybody if they want to start investing in stocks. I personally, I, re I uh, like to invest in mutual funds. S&P 500 is a great stock to get started for beginners. Again, not financial advice. I'm just telling you what I invest in. S&P 500 for people who aren't aware is the 500 most profitable most profitable businesses in the US. And year over year since forever, the S&P 500 has done at least 8% year over year, okay, return. So that is a good investment for somebody as a beginner. You could get that one stock and that's like a one stock portfolio. And the good thing about Vanguard as well, they have very low um, fees, ex uh, expense fees. So you're not gonna be getting hosed in that regard. Again, not financial advice. If you need to know who you're gonna be investing in, seek a professional, but that is my take on that, okay? So that's the first thing. Okay, let's move along. Why is it over here like that? Let's try this, okay? Diversifying to minimize risk. Yes, you can diversify your portfolio, of course. That means going like having some stocks, having some real estate. It's important to diversify also when it comes to mutual funds in their self are diversified because it's multiple funds in one investment rather than buying individual stocks. Buying individual stocks can be risky because if that company that was very profitable or that was on a high rate of increase eventually tanks or something, all your eggs in that basket could be financial disaster for you. So that's why people say buy mutual funds because if you can get a mutual fund that has up to 500 of the uh, highest grossing companies or up to a thousand. And then you have fund managers who is literally their job to make sure that they're keeping the fund healthy so that everybody's money that's in the fund 
is going to continue to make returns year over year. So it kind of takes away some of that um, risk, a lot of that risk, actually, by doing that. Okay. All right. The third thing here is learn something new about finances like we're doing here. I'm learning with you guys. I don't have all the answers, but I'm constantly trying to figure things out. Okay. And I think uh, what so, so many people do is they don't know about something. So they just stop completely. They just say, Hey, uh, I don't know about this. I'm just going to go put my money under, under the mattress and I'm going to, I don't trust the banks and all that. And you know, what people don't really tell you and what you don't understand is if you have your money just sitting in a bank, not getting any return on it, not accruing any interest, that is one of the worst things you can do. And if you hold in cash, cash is dumb. Repeat, I'll repeat. Cash is dumb because cash does not account for the rate of inflation. I'll put this on me totally. Cash does not um, account for the rate of inflation. You guys know about that hyperinflation is coming right now, okay? There was over the summer or whatever, it was like times where gas was almost at seven, $8 in places. Struggle. I mean, I couldn't imagine that when I was going to high school or early college, okay? So inflation, pretty much continues to go up at the rate of 2% over time, okay? If you have money just sitting in a paper bag somewhere, just cash, that money is doing nothing for you. It'd be better for you to have that money sitting in a, actually in stocks, in mutual funds, the amount that you can afford to have there, okay, making money for you, and then you always could have at least $1,000 set away as an emergency fund. But what I do is I would rather have my liquid cash, a big portion of that money that's discretionary that I'm just saving. I'd rather have that sitting in S&P 500 in a brokerage account like Vanguard and making 8% for me year over year. That's what I do. And then if I need to get some money right off the way, I can use a credit card, pay it back right away, or have your $1,000 as an emergency fund just in case. But I actually save with my brokerage account because my money that I'm saving is making money for me because why do I need all that money at my discretion anyway? I mean, all I buy and all I eat at the end of the day is tacos. So, you know what I mean? That's all you really need, right? All right, so let's keep going. All right, so let's keep going with the article. And we are on the third. Learn something new about finances. I preach that. If anybody is trying to be a financial advisor for you, if anybody's trying to give you any financial information and they're not teaching you as well, kick them to the curb, okay? you They need to be teachers as well. You need to know what you're investing in. That's uh, 101. Anybody that's trying to tell you anything different and not trying to teach you when they're advising you is not wise. Okay. That's not something that that's not somebody that you will want handling your money. Let's be, let's be smart about this. Okay. Another thing, taking advantage of retirement accounts. I already hit on that. Talking about Vanguard is a good option. Fidelity is another brand company that you could use. If 
financial advisors, just make sure that they're trying to teach you and they don't have high expense fees, all right? Vanguard has some of the lowest expense fees. It's free to set up an account. I would recommend that, okay? Not a financial advisor disclaimer, but I would recommend Vanguard for somebody that's trying to find out, okay? Just trying to figure this stuff out. You can set it up automated too, where it automatically takes the amount that you want out of your uh, checking account and automatically invests it for you, or you could have it automatically deposit into like a brokerage settlement fund, and then you could pick the stocks yourself when you are when you want to. So that's a good option, okay? And you can kind of use that settlement account as like a savings if you want. So it says here, IRAs, really good uh, option for you. Let me get my big head off the screen. If a 23-year-old recent college graduate makes $5,500 as a contribution each year and gets a 6% annual return to equate for inflation, that's why they say 6% because the 2% inflation is always gonna be factored in. The S&P 500, 8% at least, and that's conservative over its lifetime. That's about a 6% return you're getting with the 2% inflation minus out. So it says they will see their contribution grow to $1 million by the retirement age of 65 by just contributing $5,500, guys a year, which is the limit for a, a Roth IRA. So let's do the let's do the calculation on that. Let's get the calculator out. So $5,500, and I like to do it if you're getting paid bi-weekly, divided by 26, that's only $212 pretty much. $212. If you can put $212 every pay period, boom, look at that. Okay, I'll just round it up. $212 every pay period into your Roth, have it automated. And you started young, 23, you'd be a millionaire by 65. So just imagine if you're making more income, you're using some of these steps that we're talking about here on this channel, talking about earning passive income, okay? And you can get some affiliate marketing. You can use all that money and have it invested. Invest it, you could be a millionaire before you know it. You could double that, do it quicker, okay? This is what I'm talking about, money mindset, all right? $211, all right? A month, we're looking at, let's let's do the math, per month, divided by 12. So you're looking at about 460 bucks, 460 bucks a month consistently, you could be a millionaire. You could literally be a millionaire. And when you start thinking about this and you start looking at the actual math behind this and the habits that you can implement, a lot of people don't know this information or don't apply it. I won't say they don't know it. They don't apply it. And it really is quite simple over time, just having the habit of already having this stuff automated where it automatically goes out of your account for you. And then you can not even worry about it. Okay, and then you can be eating your tacos, chilling. All right, it's super terrestrial. Tacos, all we need. Exactly, exactly. What else does super terrestrial say? Yeah, we all have infinite amount of ways to learn whatever we want at our fingertips, 24 hours a day, no excuses. Absolutely, I agree with that. And yes, I also agree, Vanguard is outstanding. Also, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I, I use their service and I really appreciate it. 
It's very helpful. They also have tools on there to actually help you learn, help you figure out things that you don't know. And they have like the lowest expense rates. Whenever you're investing, if the, you gotta check the expense rates, the fees, you can get a lot of that money eight and two if you are investing in a fund that has high fees to be managed. Vanguard has some of the lowest, okay? So check them out if you don't have um, a company to do investing with, all right? They have a great app. They have a great uh, app for the phone. They have a great desktop browser, very secure with two-factor auth authentication and all of that. So I would highly recommend that. All right, let's continue going on with the article here before I start yapping too much. I hope people are finding this helpful. If you are, go ahead and like the video. I really appreciate you. I want this to have some good replay value so some other people can get some value out of this. And the fifth thing, regular checkups for your accounts, which is valuable, okay? It says here, scheduling a regular financial check-in for yourself can help avoid mistakes, ensure everything is in line with your current goals. Whether it is a monthly, quarterly, or an annual check-in, you can use this time to review your accounts, ensure your budget is accurate, and make your necessary changes. Consolidate investment accounts or bank accounts. Make sure you're on track to hit your goals. A good thing to do this is at the beginning of each month, and I like to kind of do a financial accounting every Sunday. I kind of like to look over my finances. It doesn't take that long. You can literally do it in like 20 to 30 minutes. I just kind of look it over on my phone or what have you. But that is a good time to actually just look at what your budget is for the week, how much money you plan on spending on everything, are all of your bills paid? It's good. It doesn't take that much time, but it's good to have an account of these things and not let things just go by. That's one of the cons of automating everything because sometimes people can let things go by the wayside and not be paying attention to how much they're actually spending. All right. So that's that there. There's a lot of information packed into that portion, but I think it was some things in there, some information that was helpful. I hope that you guys are getting something out of this. All right. And I also have another article. You know, I don't want to drag on too much about income streams. Jason Oppenheim talked about $10,000 a month was a goal that he had. And I actually have an article here about a woman who was doing that. She turned her business, her side hustle into a $10,000 a month business. Okay. Yes. She decided to just do it. So let's see how she did it. All right. Here we go. So here we go here. Let me get it lined up. And this is courtesy of Grow dot com here we go so the 10 income streams for my side hustle turn business can bring in ten thousand dollars a month here are my top tips okay and this was published on december 16 2021 passive income was a key way i was able to hit my revenue goals this year i talked about passive income and how important it really is it, your money could be coming in while you're sleeping. Latasha Peterson, founder of Arts and Budgets. Shout out to her. She deserves an applause for that. All right, let's see how she did this, okay? 
In 2016, when I was pregnant with my first son, I decided with my husband that I would stay at home and start a blog to help people find the best side hustles for them. I was inspired by my background in musical theater and the performing arts. So she whipped up a side hustle while she was home after having her son. Great. Okay. She says, over the years, I saw so many talented friends and colleagues look for additional income streams to help make to help them make ends meet as they pursued their dreams. As someone who had side hustle for a long time, I wanted to use my experience to provide resources and advice for people who wanted to start their own side hustle. That is a key right there. A real uh, smart thing to do. A lot of people want to make money. A lot of people want to be creators. A lot of people want to get a following and a massive following. But I think one of the major factors and the major things that a lot of people don't realize is if you really want to be successful, the main key to doing it is being useful to other people. And that always doesn't mean that it's going to be sexy. It doesn't always mean that it's going to be flashy. It also, it always doesn't mean that you're going to get a ton of views off the way, but if you could be helpful and if you can figure out something where you could be useful to other people and you can add value to them, let me tell you a secret. You don't have to have a hundred thousand subscribers to be successful. You don't have to have 5,000 subscribers to be successful. You only really need a hundred people. You need a hundred die hard people, but you only really need a hundred people. Okay. And if you could find a way to be so useful to those a hundred true fans that you have, that the value you add for them is so big that they eventually will want to support you and over a year's time, whether it be with merch, whether it be with courses where you give them something that they want, whether it be by other things that you're adding to them by coaching, mentoring, if you could get a hundred people to spend $500 on you in a year, over time, this will progress. Excuse me. That's $50,000 from just those 100 people. $50,000. So what happens when you eventually get better at what you're doing? You grow. You become a better orator. You become a better speaker. You only need 100 people. And if you can get those 100 people over time to be super diehard fans for you and to spend $1,000 on you, then guess what we did, just did? Guess what? <laughs> guess what you just did? You just made $100,000, okay? You just made $100,000 by what? Being useful to other people and not being selfish and always thinking about what you want. Sometimes the key to what you actually want is not always trying to do what other people want you to do, but helping somebody else 
And that's what's happening here. And that's what I've seen a lot of people who are very successful do. They focus on being useful and being valuable to others. And in turn, they will get what they want. Okay. That's what I've been learning. And that's that kind of hit home for me with what she said there. All right. So let's continue with this article. It also says after a year of research and trial and error, error, I started earning money from the blog in 2017. Today, I have been able to create 10 income streams for my blog, which have helped me pay off $25,000 in debt in this year alone. Shout out to her. Look at what she's doing. This is great to see. I love to see people winning, being successful. She says this year, arts and budget. Oh, let me get this out of here. She says this year, arts and budgets has consistently made over 5,000 each month. And in September, I celebrated a huge milestone earning $10,000 in one month. And then these are, this is some of her advice. She says, set smart goals. Okay. So smart, and she has an acronym for it. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound goals. Okay. Let's go through that again. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound goals. Okay. She says by setting a clear and attainable goal, it helped me stay on track and not get overwhelmed. Okay. That is important. It doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there, but just make sure that you're constantly progressing. If somebody can see that they're progressing and they're gaining momentum to where they want to be, that is the key to eventually hitting your goal, but you got to get started first. All right. So true. All right. And let's see here. She also says at the start of each week, I map, map out small tasks that I can complete every day that will be closer to reaching my goal. As a mommy to three boys, she says she scheduled, she frequently changes her schedule, but she never loses sight of the goals. If I can't complete a task on a certain day, I make sure to tackle it the next day. So in 2022, she says her goal is to earn six figures from her business. And she believes that use, using that smart method will help her get there. Okay. She also says, identify a target audience. That is very important. That's what one thing that a lot of people talk about. It's been beaten like a dead horse, uh, niching down on YouTube, figuring out who your uh, target audience is. It's just something that's widely known. I don't even need to beat that down. I think everybody understands that create passive income. I did a video on passive income a couple of days ago, five passive income ideas that you can incorporate and start in 2022. I'll probably link it to the end of this episode. Very useful information in there. If you're interested in making some money passively and getting started. Okay. One that I brought up on there is affiliate marketing. That's great. You can review an item, you can talk about a service or a software in your blog. If you have a podcast, you can do it on your YouTube channel. You can do it. And what you can do is you can link that affiliate 
uh, product or service. And then when somebody buys that product, you get a commission on it. So that's a great thing and something that a lot of creators do that doesn't get utilized enough, all right? That's another way that you don't have to have all these thousands upon thousands of sub subscribers. It's great, it'll be helpful, but it doesn't need to be your only way to success. Slow and steady wins the race, okay? It also says build partnerships with brands you believe in, talks about an Instagram following, gathering an Instagram following, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not the best on Instagram. For years and years, I kinda let it lie by the wayside. I'll eventually start getting more into it. I'm dealing with reels right now and everything, but hey, being platform agnostic, diversifying yourself on social media is a great thing to do if you're somebody that wants to be a creative, if you have a business, online business is something that's just one-on-one, -on -one. you don't wanna be beholden to one platform, so that is wise advice, okay? It also says here, be consistent, but give yourself time to rest, this is important. You don't wanna burn out, a lot of people talk about that. Uh, I've talked about consistency multiple times, but it's true. You need to make, remain consistent and uphold yourself to a certain standard, but if you feel like you're kind of starting to dwindle and you need to refresh. Don't be afraid to take that time, okay? It's very important. I will agree with that. So that's that article there. I thought it was some valuable information in there. And at the end of the day, I think that we can get bogged down by an over-analysis paralysis when it comes to a lot of the information that's on the internet. And one thing that I wanna encourage a lot of people to do is for this live stream today that I'm talking about, if there's just one thing that you learned or one thing that you figured out that you can apply, please like do that. Just try to do one thing. Hopefully you took some notes during this as far as like some ideas or some ways of thinking that could possibly help you in your journey and what you're doing to try to gain financial wellness. I'm gonna be talking more about finances, I'm gonna be talking more about money, talking more about lifestyle, and I've always found these type of videos interesting, and that's what I'm doing here on this YouTube channel. I make content that I would wanna watch. And I know there's an audience for it because there are a lot of people on YouTube. YouTube is the biggest search engine in the world. And I hope that I'm adding value to you guys. I think I am. And one thing that I'm starting to kind of deal with and play with here is doing the podcast as a live stream. So let me, let me know what you guys think about this format. If you like the podcast coming out as a live stream, the podcast release every Tuesday on, I have a new channel as well. I wanted to kind of give you guys a heads up with that. I have a second channel, which is gonna be a clips channel. It's a highlights and clips channel from the main channel here, the Care Juice Podcast, where I put on there, I put shorts and I put uh, broken down clips of the highlights and moments from this podcast. It's called Carrot Juice Clips. You'll look and you can see it in the, in the channel section of this channel here and I'll probably link it to the end of this video. And uh, yeah, this has been great. 
We got like a blizzard that's going to be coming in the in the future when it comes to uh, what's going on in these neck of the woods. It's some really harsh weather that's coming. And uh, let's see here. London Summer says, my company uses smart goals for our quarterly goals. Great. Good to hear. And thank you for watching London, London Summer. Appreciate you. And Super Terrestrial says, where is the article? So I initially created this live stream before I put the articles in. Right after I end the live stream, I'll put all of those articles in and you guys will be able to interact with them and what have you. And yeah, so I think that's enough. I think I've made my point. I don't like to be long winded here on these live streams, <laughs> to be honest. And this has been another video here on the Carrot Juice podcast channel. Go ahead and like the video and com comment if you enjoyed this and subscribe to the channel and give me some feedback on some topics you guys would like me to cover on live streams. I plan on live streaming more often. As you know, on the regular channel, I put out a lot of content pretty much daily on the main channel talking about social commentary. We talk about popular culture, modern dating. I interject some true crime in there. And I also do productivity tips like I did here today to be able to help you be more efficient, more successful and financially well. So that's it. And until next time, I'll see you guys. And then, like I say, Every time on the Care Juice Podcast, love somebody, hug somebody, do something good for somebody, not expecting anything in return. And until next time, peace. We are gone.